heard it all the time <laughs> that we can't do it. Uh, when we started to travel, it was like, well, you're young, so do it as long as you're not married. And then we got married and continued to travel. Well, you're just the two of you, so it's still fine. As soon you you turn pregnant, like you can't do it anymore. And then I turned pregnant and everyone said like, yeah, yeah, enjoy the pregnancy while traveling. As soon the baby is there, you can't do it anymore. So people kept on putting their limited beliefs on us. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. At this time, I'd like to welcome my guest, Ella Geiger. She describes herself as positive, solution-oriented, authentic, and adventurous. Ella, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today, Roger. <laughs> awesome. So let's get right into it. What was the item that you crossed off your list? The item I crossed off my list is becoming a mom without, um, yeah, changing my lifestyle. Yeah, that is a tough thing to do, I think. Um, so there's kind of two things there. The first, uh, you did become a mom. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So I used to, like, I always wanted to become a mom. Uh, and I never knew how it's going to be. I think that's something that life just throws you into it <laughs> and you can't mm -hmm. be prepared for it. Um, so how I turned a mom, I actually had a, um, how you say, spontaneous home birth. So mm -hmm. what I actually thought I'm going to do is to become a mom in a natural birthing house. But my daughter, Zamira, <laughs> had her own plans. And she didn't let me go out of my Airbnb to yeah, become a mom. So wow. my husband and I, we did it together. Really super spontaneous, super unprepared. Wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't visit any courses before that prepare me like the breathing exper uh, exercises or anything i just watched one youtube video like three days before <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna ask how, how did youtube come into this <laughs> yeah and when i realized that i can't get to the car anymore and that we don't gonna make it to the natural birthing house yeah, well, I just started really trusting my body and go into it. And my husband, Flash, he told me afterwards in the in the process, he was super confident, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me afterwards, like it freaked him out so much. Oh, but at the end, um, the midwives made it to the last two hours. Oh, good. That's <laughs> good. Us, um, at least. But it was without uh, drugs, without painkillers, without doctors, without anything. Just in the Airbnb we rented. <laughs> and, and you said her name is Zamira? Yeah, her name is Zamira. She's and now seven months old. Seven months old. Awesome. That's a, I love that name. It's very nice. Um, and Flash, <laughs> Flash did okay. He didn't pass out. He didn't, you felt, thought he was super confident. But afterwards, he told him, he told you that not so much. 
Exactly. So his task was really just doing anything he needs to do. So the midwife, as long as she was in the car sitting there for one hour to get to our place, wow. she just told him on the phone what to do, like ah, bring her okay. that and make sure that she's breathing okay, make sure she's warm, do this, do that. And he he said he was just his mind just said, Okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you yeah. said you said you were adventurous, so that's uh, that's about as adventurous as I think it gets right there. Doing your, the birth of your child at home alone—that's uh, that's with your husband—that's amazing to me. And so, what was the lifestyle you didn't want to give up after giving birth to Samir? Well, the lifestyle was that seven years ago I quit my job and my flat to travel the world. And I knew I want to do it for a long term, but in the same time, I always knew that I want to be a mom as well. Mm -hmm. So what came often to like the subject between my husband and I was like, okay, we want to be parents and we want to be married, but let's, let's just postpone that for another year so we can travel. (laughs) And then we kept on doing this till to the point where we actually talked about like, do we really need to settle down to have a child? Do we really need to buy a house to, to be good parents? And when we realized that our lifestyle is just the way we love to live and we want to pass it on to our children as well and show them what we experienced and why we love it so much that was the point where we were for sure like okay you know what let's just try it I mean what can go wrong right you can always just find the flat and um, go back to the life that you used to have if you don't enjoy it but we were like okay just let's give it a chance and see how it works (laughs) now she's seven months and tomorrow we go to Paraguay to her country number seven so it seems like it works out. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So Flash was Flash was all for this, or was it did it take some convincing? I think men sometimes don't have to struggle with this as much as women do. You both live in the lifestyle that you're living. It's maybe it was for 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 you two, but as a man in the West, it's typically my, I still have to work. I still you know I still have to do my job. I'm a father, but I'm not doing the same kind of parenting as a mother might so was was flash fully on board or or did he understand the inner turmoil that maybe you had for wanting to keep this lifestyle and and how that might be difficult for you and not him yes so flash is just a super different person in general than i am i'm like the adventurous and let's just jump into the ice cold water and see what happens (laughs) (laughs) And he's the logical person. And I think, as you say, like as a dad, you want to make sure everything's all right, that you can finance your uh, family, that you can keep them safe. Like, yeah, have your tribe safe. Um, So when I told him about it, 2019, that I want to have the baby now, we were in Brazil. And I just said like, okay, I'm ready. Let's, Let's just jump into it. And we were backpackers before, so the way how we earned our money was really living on farms, uh, working in different restaurants and things like that. So it was the first time that I thought he's for sure in and he said no in this moment to my Mm. idea. I was like, why no? Like we we talked about being a family and travel for so long. Like, how can you say no (laughs) now? But his point was like, Ella, we have a uh, saved our budget right now, which goes down with every single day, with every burger we buy, with every 
yeah, night we are booking. And mm -hmm. if you really don't want to go back to Germany, settle down and go back to this, um, yeah, normal lifestyle we used to know before we traveled, then we let's give us a full year to figure out how you work online. And first, I want to see results. I want to see that every single month is working perfectly fine. And if I feel good with that, when then we can start. So I knew like, okay, I have one year to wait, <laughs> <laughs> which gave me like the super extra boost <laughs> yeah. to make it work within six months. So we were like learning like crazy, doing like crazy. And after nine months, uh, he said like, okay, like now I see it works. Now I feel good. Now we can get started. And then in June 2020, I got pregnant. That's awesome. Did you feel pressure outside of your relationship with Flash? Like your parents, other people, your friends? I mean, was there a lot of pressure to be like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yep. We heard it all the time. that <laughs> We can't do it. Uh, when we started to travel, it was like, well, you're young, so do it mm -hmm. as long as you're not married. And then we got married and continued to travel. Well, you're just the two of you, so it's still fine. As soon you you turn pregnant, like you can't do it anymore. And then I turned pregnant and everyone said like, yeah, yeah, enjoy the pregnancy while traveling. As soon the baby is there, you can't do it anymore. So people kept on putting their limited beliefs on us and just mm. keep pushing it back because they saw like, okay, they did this step again. So let's push it again back. And the funny thing was that our family were so prepared because we did it for so many years and they just knew, knew us this way already that right. we want to travel. And we told them so many times that we want to do it as a family as well. But as soon I turned pregnant, it was like everything we told them didn't exist anymore. Everyone asked, mm. like, when are you returning back to Germany? Everyone said that, like, when are you coming back? And I was like, why coming back? Like I told you, <laughs> but we're going to continue as a family. But people didn't believe that we just gonna like really do it. And that was also the part where like I was talking to my mom and she's like, well, it's my first uh, grandchild. Like, mm -hmm. you can't just do your thing. And I just <laughs> out all the all the amazing things and see my grandchild growing up. But I, I was so, so serious about that, that I said, Mom, honestly, why do I have to change my life just that you can, like, experience what you want to experience? If you want it, then then join us. Like, I mean, you want it, right? So join us. So what she did in August this year, she quit her job in her flat. And since September, she's traveling with us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I never thought that because all the years she said she wants to change something. But knowing that Samira is coming gave her the last push of like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome that she made that commitment to, to be with you like that. I'm sure that's great help. What are some of the other uh, specific things you did and have done to make sure that you weren't going to lose this lifestyle after you had Samira? Were there specific things besides money and you know getting some savings and stuff? What are some of those things you had to do to maintain this lifestyle with a small child? Well, it's a totally 
different way of living because before we had Samira, we were changing locations all the time, um, just doing whatever we wanted. We were hitchhiking. We, we didn't know where we end up at this night, honestly. Mm. <laughs> we were just so living in the present and just didn't care about like, well, if we don't end up where we plan to be, then we just do something different. So we were super flexible. With Samira, it was the first time that I felt within me. The first time that I, not, I wouldn't say freak out, but it's super scary, the uncertainty of what is going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I turned pregnant, I changed so much in my human being. Like I wanted to have a, a flat for three weeks booked. It has to be cozy. It has to have <laughs> like fluffy blankets inside. Like all those things where I thought like, what? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> And now with her, like we plan ahead, not that much, but still we want to make sure it's a good place. It's a safe place. People told us in the past, like, you shouldn't go there. It's dangerous. I was like, oh, now I need to go. And <laughs> yeah. Now if people tell us, oh, I wouldn't recommend the North. It could be dangerous. I'm like, I think we go south. <laughs> okay. So has that has that actually changed some of your lifestyle or do you still feel connected to that nomadic lifestyle that you had? Is it, is it just a little different than it was or has it drastically changed? I would say it has changed for sure. It's still traveling and still exploring, mm -hmm. but in the same time, she's the boss now. It's not me anymore. <laughs> she's the boss. She's telling us when she wants to move. She is telling us when she wants to stay at home instead of going on adventures. So she's the new boss here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, and she and she can't even talk yet, so that makes it even more difficult, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so Ella, what were some of the things that you had to do to to practically prepare for having this child as you were maintaining this lifestyle? You know, there's so many things that go into parenting. What are some of the practical things that that concerned you and that you attempted to deal with before Samira came? Yeah, so for me, it was a totally new situation to travel pregnant because when you're pregnant, you need to do a lot of doctor appointments, not just need, you want to. That's how I mm -hmm. felt. You just want to know everything's all right with my baby. It's growing, it's healthy. And being in one place, you just have this one doctor that you trust and you know um, that you mm. go there all the time. So for me, it was a big point that I felt scared that I didn't have anyone to talk to who did it already and how they are doing it. So I reached out to a lot of travel insurance if they involve pregnancy. And of course, all of them said like, <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Pregnancy is absolutely nothing that uh, is in our packages because it's not a normal travel thing. And in the same time, all doctors said like, it didn't seem to me that traveling and pregnancy is something that I can do together. So after I had a lot of brainstorming with myself because I didn't know who to ask, I once again just decided to go for it and see how I'm going to figure it out on the way, mm -hmm. which was super scary in the beginning. I bet. But at the end, I just figured out, okay, I just Google the doctors, see the references, the refuse, because mm -hmm. 
we live in such an informational uh, world right now that yes. you can find out so many things that in the past was just not possible. And if I felt good with them, I just told my story. I said what kind of appointment I need. Um, I knew what I want to be controlled on, regards on the week I'm pregnant on. And then I just said, like, can I come and pay cash and how much would it cost? And it surprisingly worked so well that people as a private client gave me appointments within the next two to seven days wow. in Croatia, even 24 hours. But I just said, like, I'm just in this place for seven days. Can I come? And even the costs were not really high. Like, the highest was in, in Vienna for 150 euro. And in Albania, it was even 45, where I said, like, oh, my God, that's even lower than my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> And that was such a positive surprise just to know, like, wow, it doesn't have to be that complicated. And the other thing is... Um, I thought for a really long time in which country I want to give birth and where it would be safe to have a baby. And I was always thinking, oh, should it be in a hospital in Albania? Should it be in a hospital in Turkey? Should it be in a hospital in Greece? I was just thinking about countries, nothing else, until I met one German person that is living in Albania. And she told me, Ella, don't worry about the place think more about how you want to give birth mm. and what kind of atmosphere you want to have and see which place is providing you that. Wow, honestly, that was the life changer for myself that I, yeah, I didn't plan it, but I ended up doing it in an Airbnb. And I truly believe it was because I changed my mindset so much into how I want it to happen and not mm. where I want it to happen. That's great that you got that advice. That was uh, poignant at the time, for sure. So what are specific things that flashed you to help out to make sure that this, this didn't change for you? What were some of the specifics? Would you say? Well, flash, flash turned into the deepest dead role I could see a human being get into. So as we decided to live this way because I said, I don't want to be the 24-7 hours mom that after eight hours you come from your work and I just give you the baby and mm -hmm. say like, I'm tired. And he said he doesn't want to be the dad who gives like a good night kiss and then damn, my, my child turned five. When did it happen? <laughs> um, so what he's doing a lot is like spending a lot of time with his daughter. Um, Even if I'm when I'm working, he goes with her for two hours doing things. And he's so proud. Like, mm. uh, but before we met, I was like, how can you be so unemotional? Because I'm so hyper-emotional, okay. <laughs> you can recognize. And when I asked him, like, are you excited? He was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, that's it? Like, <laughs> you're not jumping around? That's cool. But now, like, the way how little things get him to tears I, i never saw him this way so he changed a lot as well so if there was one piece of advice you would give other would-be mothers dealing with this same kind of issue what would you say to them what, what advice would you give them i would say that you really need to trust in your in your own being because yeah. it is It is scary to turn a mom. It is scary to change a lot in your life. 
But in the same time, I believe that we are made for that and that you just learn step by step and that you just need to say like, okay, I'm open for that. I listen to my child. I pay attention. And the most important is um, don't beat your up. Don't beat, how you say that in English? Don't beat up yourself for mm -hmm. making mistakes. I think it's super important to make mistakes mm. um, and just to be in this role and really say like, I tried, my, I try my best and that's everything that I can do. Yeah, Zamir is the boss, like you said. I suspect one day she might say, I'm done <laughs> doing this. What are you doing now to, um, to kind of uh, capture these moments? Because it's, it's a different lifestyle even for a typical seven-month-old. What are you doing to capture those moments so that she'll have be able to look back? Because she won't remember some of the stuff the first two or three years. What, what are you doing specifically to help her know that this all happened? Uh, what I'm doing is I'm writing travel diaries book for her. Hmm. I did it already in my pregnancy. She has her first uh, travel diary book for nine months being in my tummy, where I explain how I feel, where she has been, how she's growing, uh, what kind of doctors we were, what they told about her and little things like that. And also things like my feelings, what I was scared about, how I figured mm -hmm. it out, all those things, because I didn't know if it's going to be a boy or girl for a long time. And I thought, oh, if it's a girl, I really want her to know it's sure. okay to be scared and feel um, negative as well, but that you still can figure out your way. So now she's a girl. Now she can read like <laughs> one day. If, and she now, was a boy, if she was a boy, he he would have needed that too, I think. So it's yeah, yeah. It's good for both of them. That's true. And now she has a diary book for her first year where I put everything in there and like, oh, you got your first teeth in Brazil and now you're doing this, now you're doing that. <laughs> and her second year, I want, I have already pencils and everything. I want her just to draw in there the way how yeah, she's nice. drawing and then write underneath um, like, this is me here and there so she recognized when she's older what she actually drew in there <laughs> yeah so it's, it's like a it's like a typical what we would call in the states a baby book right that, that you chronicle yeah. those things but it's just got a, a little bit more information and a little more stuff going on than just here's your first tooth it's here's your first tooth in brazil that's uh, that's a great gift to be able to give her <laughs> for sure so ella What's something, um, what's the next thing you want to cross off your list? The next thing, um, the big thing, well, it's always about like which places we go next, but mm -hmm. the big thing that we want to do is in March, we're going to host our first live with us experience for people who want to get into this lifestyle and really give them the boost and the trust. Like this is something you can do as well, because I think most people think traveling and living everywhere is just for rich people and I'm like I used to be a kindergarten teacher like mm -hmm. that's in Germany the lowest not the lowest income job that you can do but you definitely don't do the job for money um, and I made it so that's something I really want to give people like really the belief and the trust and the confidence that it's actually for everyone who just truly wants it that's something big, big, big that you want to do. And and that's uh, that's part of the business model that you use to to fund your lifestyle, is it not? 
Yes, it was always just uh, online. So mm -hmm. I help people going through the process online. But in the same time, I think, well, it helps to help people online. But in the same time, you close your laptop and your life moves on, right? You're yeah. still in the same house, in the same surroundings, in the same mindset kind of thing. But living this way and experiencing it and feeling it and being there, that's, I think, oh, life-changing experience where you say after a week like fuck it i'm gonna do it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think it's, it's super important to to have goals and things on your list that you can actualize right you that you can actually make happen so having a coach like that that's actually going to take you and help you go figure these things out or experience them firsthand and walk you through them, I think is a fabulous, fabulous idea. Um, what's something on your list that is completely different than travel and becoming and becoming a mom? Um, before that, my biggest uh, intention in life was to have a farm. Mm. <laughs> so the totally opposite. I always wanted to have a big farm with a lot of animals and just living on the countryside and forgetting yeah, the world around me actually and living just with my animals and being with my gumboots all day. <laughs> I don't know if you even say gumboots in yeah. English. Um, that I was can imagine what those I can imagine what those look like for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just boots out of gum so that yeah. you can go through all the all the dirt <laughs> and mud and other stuff. What's yeah. a why that? Why why is that appealing to you? Why it was appealing for me? Yeah, to live on a farm. As such, like I love animals. I love animals more than I used to love humans. Now I love humans as well, but for me, animals were like the purest beings on earth. Like they are just the way as they are. They are just honest. Mm. They just show emotions. Um, they love to cuddle. I love to cuddle. <laughs> so it was just my happy place, my bubble in peace um, without any, yeah, anything around me. That's how I wanted to live. And then I changed my life in the totally opposite that I re realized every time I lived on a farm that I loved it so much. But in the same time, I was like, I don't feel ready just to be in this one place because I still have this feeling of, oh, I want to see more. I want to explore more. I don't know. Maybe one day I feel like, you know, I saw, I saw a lot and maybe I get stuck in Cuba somewhere having my own farm. But for now, I don't feel it yet. So it's still on the list. Who knows? But 70, maybe I do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's also nice that you're experiencing the world in all different kinds of places so you can see what agriculture looks like all over and pick the right spot for you. So that's a, that's a benefit of having both those, uh, those goals on your list for sure. Ella, can you tell me, uh, can you tell me where folks can find uh a place for them to to see your adventures with Samira and Flash and and also where they could find information if they were interested in um, getting coaching from you you two as well. Yes, so I'm mostly active on Instagram. It's passion for travel underscore X. But if you put Ellen Flash in there, you find it. Um, I'm a lot in Facebook as well with Ella Geiger. That's my personal name. 
And then we have a YouTube channel, but that's that's more for fun. That's not where you reach out to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll I will definitely put all those things in the show notes so that people can just click them and access you guys. Uh, I greatly appreciate um, your story. I think it's amazing. Um, like I said earlier on, uh, it's definitely something that a lot of women, maybe not the exact same lifestyle, but they that they struggle with. Um, when they're, they're going through that process of deciding to become a mom. So I appreciate, very much appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I wish you all the best and safety as you continue this lifestyle and that hopefully you'll find that farm one day. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was yeah. great to be on your show, Roger. I appreciate you coming. Thanks a lot. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list.